Hey everyone, welcome to Behind the Emerald Veil podcast with Allie and Mandy um, from Soul Star Energy Collective. We are spiritual teachers, we are intuitives, healers, um, and we are two moms that like to get together and just talk real. We're also so bankers. <laughs> Ew, don't, I do not identify as that. <laughs> Your your intro was so soft and pleasant today. Yeah. Cute. It's been all cute. Yeah. I've never calming. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Just made me well, it just made me think because I'm like, I'm I'm kind of like um, I don't know. I'm not like that cute. I'm more of like a I'm like loud. Yeah. And abrupt I don't even know what abrupt. Abrupt? Am I Mm. abrupt? I would say you're loud, like you're not loud. loud. And, yeah. And you're excitable. That's a good excitable. One. Yeah. So not usually that like calm yeah. type of thing, but it, when you were saying that it made me think of, so like last night, just a little story. Um, it's embarrassing. Why am I, even I sound like <laughs> love awful. your embarrassing stories. I was <laughs> coming with the embarrassing stories. Well, Thank you. I'm, just, I'm just so honest. And then sometimes I'm like, wait a minute. It's kind of like people are going to get the wrong idea. Um, so last night I, um, farted in my son's face. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> so am I really cute and graceful now? Oh, no, that's not so funny. Okay. Well, to be fair, he, he always, always, like, I don't know if that's a boy thing, but he'll like come and be like, Hey mom, I got a question. <laughs> And I'm like, Kurt, get out of here. You're so disgusting. <laughs> and so I don't even know. Like, sometimes I get these, like, uh, urges. Um, to do it back? Just, well, no, not even just urges. Like, sometimes all of a sudden I'll just have this random thought and I'll just do it. And so I was like, <laughs> I could, I was just like, I came out of my room and he's sitting there and I could feel <laughs> some gas. And I was like, percolating. Yep. And I was like, hey, Bubbling. Carter. And, <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to do it. Hey, Carter. And I turn around. Oh my god. He was shocked. He was shook. He was shook. And but then he was laughing. And yeah. and I'm like, those are the moments I live for. Yeah. It's like that we can have these like bonds and I can just, you know, be silly and shock him and not act like an adult. Um and then bonds. Um, <laughs> and I was like, payback. This is um, so funny. And then I get a text an hour later from Tanner, who's here but he felt left out oh no he's I get a text (laughs) did you fart in Carter's face and I was like yeah it did so funny because he does it to both of us and he was like he was like well he just farted in my face as as payback (laughs) poor Tanner he's so pissed at you look what you did mom I'm sorry why did you take the brunt of it oh god oh so that was my night last night and uh, so never call me graceful again I'm just no. kidding <laughs> You're right. well, maybe I will and we'll get more stories like this <laughs> oh geez okay it's so, so funny. <laughs> what are we talking about today man <laughs> back to regular paid programming <laughs> except we're not paid it's <laughs> <laughs> volunteer work yeah. it's fun stuff but we no. are talking about, we wanted to talk about the empath and the narcissist because, 
you know, a lot of people who resonate with the um, empath, the, being an empath, a lot of times have been or are in a relationship with a narcissist. Yeah. Have either moved through that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think like part of it, like I know for me, it's come into my awareness more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, this understanding of even what a narcissist is, you know, I think, yeah, that's the thing is, I think that this day and age, it's so nice to have that vocabulary, like that definition of what a narcissist is. Cause when I Mm -hmm. dated a narcissist, when I was 18 and the word gaslighting. So these are two, we'll define those two free or share the definition. We're not going to create our own (laughs) definition, but I find like had this, had this definition or this understanding of what a narcissist was back when I was 18, it would have been, I would, it would have been easier for me to leave that relationship Mm -hmm. knowing that how, like knowing that. So I think knowing what a narcissist is even now is helpful for anybody to see the relationship from the, from a higher perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of the things. Well, and I even think though, you know, I've always heard of the word narcissist, but I never really knew like, what it like, meant. I don't know. Uh, especially when it doesn't come into your life or awareness, like there's no mm. real reason to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've definitely have in the most recent years, like this term has just like within around me, not, I haven't, um, experienced, I think like as a teenager, probably one relationship with a narcissist but you know it's it's around me it's surrounding Mm -hmm. me and it's becoming more and more apparent and aware Mm -hmm. and I'm like wow I'm like this is a this is a thing this is a big thing yeah um and it's fascinating to me um that dynamic but you know the biggest thing like doesn't mean that a narcissist is only with an empath oh no that is the most damaging yeah well let's define like what is a narcissist Well, first, like, I just want to talk about the empath because when researching, you know, like preparing for this episode, it feels like very, like how we've talked about empath on here Mm -hmm. has been very much like the energy side of things, Mm -hmm. you know, being an empath, feeling other people's energies, absorbing energies, going into big, you know, large uh, groups and being exhausted all of that. So I feel like there's an aspect of an empath or there's different types of empaths. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that aspect, but when we're talking about empath, um, in this episode, we're talking about the, the empath who is like self-sacrificing, um, kind of like, you know, they actually like an empath, like when I think about the characteristics of of this type of empath, it reminds me of like a star seed. So like, the self-sacrificing, very optimistic, um, a very giving individual, like almost to a fault mm-hmm. type of thing it's where, like, yeah, they're kind of innocent. Yeah. In and in a way, like we've talked about the wounded empath mm-hmm. and it, it would be kind of a wounded or the shadow side of, of an empath in a sense. Yeah. There's no boundaries. There's no boundaries. And, but it is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And we need more empaths like this, mm-hmm. like I would say, like, it's not, I, cause I wouldn't even say it's like wounded in that sense, like boundaries, absolutely. But it's like, what a beautiful soul mm-hmm. who loves to give. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that when somebody who likes to take 
mm-hmm. comes in and takes advantage of that giving beautiful soul. Yeah. So I don't think any <clears throat> empath, any empath that is like this, a person that is loving and giving, it's like, um, you don't want to take that away because it's no. so beautiful, but you do mm-hmm. want to add in the boundaries or know yourself worth enough to know that, you know, you also deserve just as much as you give type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, in that. So I found that very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, ah, oh, I'm like, there's different versions of this word empath. And we've only kind of talked about the spiritual energetic side, but there's this other side too. Is it, is it layered? Is it layered? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's got so many layers, layers, it. facets, faucets, whatever. <laughs> like so yeah so um so I guess like characteristics of a let's just say a self-sacrificing empath (laughs) um would be like very loving attentive they're caring and giving very very forgiving as well Mm -hmm. um self-sacrificing very accommodating um and the sense of like this responsibility of like rescuing another person or saving them or um, showing them true love. Like I will be their savior. If they mm-hmm. haven't experienced this before, I will be their, their savior. Um, you know, the service to others, the nurturer type of thing. So mm-hmm. this can be a male or a female, either side. Very pure soul. Very, very pure. And just, yeah. and that's beautiful. Like that's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Um and then the characteristics of a narcissist is, you know, and, and, you know, we're giving just an overview. Yeah. I have, I have gone in to listen to different, um, you know, podcasts or YouTubes on narcissists and there's definitely different types of narcissists. Well, yeah. And we, we have our own experience with narcissists and our own understanding. We're not professional therapists and Mm-mm-mm-mm. we haven't, this is just, you know, you come into Overall. our podcast because we're sharing our perspectives and, um, that's about it. <laughs> and where, we, yeah, where, what, what we've experienced. We're, seen not, we're not ever, we're not professionals here. So no, no. So like generalized a narcissist, um, they have a real sense of self-importance. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of caught up on the like power, beauty, success, um, very entitled, Mm-hmm. um believe in their own like uniqueness kind yeah. of like yeah like I've man, like just there's I have two that I've witnessed and both like a male and a female version of this and it's oh. fascinating to me <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh that's the Gemini in me like these <laughs> things where I'm just like what let me understand this um lack of empathy yeah um constant need of excessive admiration Mm -hmm. Um, arrogant, um, tendency to exploit others for personal gain, arrogant, again, Eric, did I say arrogant? Yeah. (laughs) I said it again. (laughs) Arrogant. Uh, (laughs) So you didn't know they're arrogant. (laughs) Oh, it like difficulty recognizing or valuing others, uh, type of thing. And like, you know, an empath's natural state is to give, give, give. And a yeah. narcissist's natural state is to take, take, take. And that yeah. is why that is this pairing mm-hmm. um, is very like dangerous. Like it well, really, really is, you know, you, you think about the polarity and the duality that we have in this world. And that's very, that's very polar opposite of each other. So that relationship is very, can be very, I would imagine very toxic 
Mm -hmm. um, very damaging for the empath and mm -hmm. anybody who can come out of a long-term relationship with a narcissist, there's going to be a lot of healing that needs to be done yeah. because I, you know, it's almost like I've witnessed these types of relationships as well. Um, and it's almost like they're, it's almost like they're a flower in full bloom. And then they become, um, they get partnered with this narcissist and then the narcissist, it's like, they start to wilt. Yeah. It wilts this beautiful, sucking. this sucking their self-confidence. It's their self-worth, their, like their beauty, their light. It's like Ugh. everything. And I remember one of the, you know, things that happened to me when I was in this type of relationship. And I just want to say like, there's different reasons why our souls would contract hmm. being in a narcissistic relationship. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, one of the things that I remember him saying to me all the time was like, and I was 18. So I was just coming out of high school and I was just going, like, I was a young adult and I was in that transition stage of like, who, like in that, in between we talk about, right. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I'm in between who I was and who I'm becoming. And I was very naive. Like I was this type of empath mm -hmm. at that age. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, people would tell me all the time, you're so innocent. You're so naive. Like you're so like, they're just so, I was just so pure in a mm -hmm. sense. And, um, he would say to me all the time, like, um, he would manipulate me and say, why do you always, why do you care what your parents say? Why do you always do what your parents want you to do? Why, like, why don't you listen to your own, to your own thoughts? But really what happened was I was listening to what he wanted me to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Stop listening to your friends. Stop listening to your parents. Do your, you can do what you want. Do what you do this, do that, whatever. So it was like, it was just a very manipulative type of way to speak to me. And it was putting doubt and fear yeah. into my own ability to make my own decisions. Um, so the, to the point where I just didn't know how to make decisions for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, you know, and I, and it, it's like, so for yourself, and I would say, I also had it around the same damn time, mm -hmm. um, uh, a narcissist relationship. And I would say that's my only narcissist relationship. And so this is where you can kind of see, you know, this was what a great experience, because mm -hmm. I look at that as, you know, once I was out of it, I looked back and realized, well, I'm not letting that happen again. Yeah, um, me too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, but you can see that in our life lessons and stuff. Yes. So there's some people that it will happen again and again mm -hmm. and again, because that's a pattern and they're not getting the lesson mm -hmm. and they're not learning from it and moving on. And that's something that their soul has contracted to do um, so that they can learn to move on. You know, obviously that was something that was presented to us and it was kind of like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that again, but we could have easily not done that mm -hmm. and fallen into having this become a pattern yeah. um, type of thing. And so, you know, and also like, looking at that um in that sense like if you're somebody that's like oh my god like I just feel like I attract this certain type of partner could be on the spectrum of a narcissist or a narcissist um one of those things it's not what they what they're coming and doing it's like what's inside of you that is mm -hmm. bringing and drawing what energy is drawing that person in yeah. to you because we are bringing people into us to highlight something especially when it's a, a difficult situation to highlight something that is um needing to be healed within yourself yeah and so just keep showing up and curious we haven't talked about this before but my i'm, I'm like thinking now i'm like what do you think it is 
like just, you know, off the cuff, what do you think it is in somebody who attracts a narcissist over and over and over again? Like what chakra do you think that's tied to tip? No, sorry. Uh, solar Solar. So solar plexus is tied to self-worth and self-confidence and our power center. So when somebody, and that's what I was going to say too, it feels really connected to the solar Solar. plexus. Mm -hmm. Um, and even the sacral in a sense of somebody who, um, cause a narcissist in the beginning will make you feel like you're the most important person in the world. So yeah, somebody, they you, love bomb you. Like that's yeah. a, a term I've, um, learned recently cause they will love bomb you, make you feel like amazing. But the thing is they will love bomb you throughout the relationship too. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning, they're very much like, come Sucking to me. In. I'm amazing. <laughs> amazing and it's like this crazy thing yeah that they are amazing and until it was, they're not I experienced that too and then I remember the I remember the day I realized this was a relationship I shouldn't be in um and it was it wasn't even long into the relationship but it was um I was supposed to go I had plans to go out with my friends to a new year's party I think it was a new year's party and I don't know if I shared this on the podcast before but uh he and I worked at the same restaurant and he was newer in town. So he, um, he just knew like the manager of the restaurant and a couple of other people. Um, but anyway, so I, I had plans to go to this new year's party. I was going to take him with me, but we were both mm-hmm. working that night and he had the manager keep me as late as possible so that I would miss the party. I didn't know this at the time, but I got off at like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night or something like that. And I went into the kitchen cause he was in the back. I was in the front of the house. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to go to this party. Can, are you, can you get off? Like I told my friends I would come and he got mad at me. And I was like, what, this was like, I, we'd already talked about this. You were going to come with me and you can't. So I'm still going to show up. Like these are my closest friends. Yeah. And so it was a conversation and I was like, whatever. So like in my mind, there's no reason to be upset with me at all, like at mm-hmm. all. So then mm-hmm. I was like, I went to the party. I had a great time. And then I came back and I went to see him after the party and I knocked on his door and he like slammed it in my face. He was like legit pissed. And I was like, so confused because my pure, like naive like version of myself back then was just like, what did I do wrong? Like, I have no idea what I did wrong. I told him like, and I was playing it through my head. And then, so this is what narcissists will do. And it's also called gaslighting. They'll like turn it and make you feel like it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I was so confused, but I didn't have those terms. I didn't understand that at the time. I was so young. Mm-mm. I was seriously so naive. Um, but again, like you said, so grateful for that relationship because I also was like, no, never again. I'll never. It, it teaches that. you. It, te- right? it, it yeah. does teach you because the, the thing is when you're in the relationship, you are clouded. You don't yeah. see it. Um, and, you know, I know for myself, I've experienced different things within life that, you know, when you're in it, you don't see it. But when you're out of it, you look back and go, oh my gosh, how did I not see this? Like, so there's compassion there for people who are stuck in it. Yeah. Um, because it's very hard when you're in it to actually like really see what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is a form of abuse oh, and yeah. you know, anybody <laughs> who's being abused that becomes their norm. Mm-hmm. So even though from the outside in, it's like all, 
um hello <laughs> why aren't you seeing this like do you see how fucking destructive this is like what's wrong with you um and it can be very frustrating on the outside looking in for you know whether it's a friend a family member a child whatever whoever it is it mm -hmm. can be so frustrating to be like you just want them to get away from this person or um you know because you love them or you care for them and and it's so hard to see them being treated this way um but and frustrating too, because I know I've gone through times with uh, different friends or family that I've been like, <laughs> you know, like I'm sitting there going like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> why are you putting up with that? What are you doing? Um, and, but you know, like with anything in life, it's like that person has to get to it on their own. Absolutely. Um, even if they can say, hey, Allison, I absolutely agree with you. Um, yep. I am with a narcissist. I agree with you. All of that. So even if they literally call it out, mm -hmm. if they still have to get there on their own, um, and work through whatever they need to work through and you can't force that obviously on anybody. And, um, yeah. and it's not and, easy to leave no. anybody w when we're the age that we're are when we're teenagers. Yes, absolutely. Fuck off. Yeah. I'm gone. See you but later. even have that once you're in it, it's, yeah. sometimes you don't see it you way easier though. But mm -hmm. when we're, you know, when we're adults and there's kids involved and there's a mortgage involved and there's joint mm -hmm. accounts involved and like all that sort of stuff, there's going to be a process it's going to take, yeah. and it's not even going to be a physical process, like as in, you know, doing the actual tasks to disconnect mm -hmm. from that person, but also like a energetic process and a he there's going to be healing that needs to get done. And then there's going to be that uncomfortable phase of being in the in-between. Yeah. It's like, it's so hard. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I can, and I can empathize that, you know, especially like it is hard for somebody who is not in an abusive or relationship mm -hmm. or, or, or has been in a relationship that your confidence has been knocked down. Yeah. Um, and so I can't imagine, you know, going through that phase already being knocked down and, and that's, and that's, what's kind of like happening in a narcissist relationship. You know, it's, um, a narcissist, like from what I've witnessed and what I've watched and what I've read, um, you know, like you mentioned at the beginning, the narcissist is just amazing, right? Like everything you could possibly want and doting and, um, loves the attention that the empath is giving and, and all of these things. And then it just slowly starts just one little thing. Um, mm -hmm. and as an empath, who's very forgiving and very understanding, you can really rationalize that away mm -hmm. and put that aside or whatever it is. Um, and it's one of these, like, it's like this slow progression because it's not like they all of a sudden just turn evil and then they're, they're, you know, assholes right after that continuing, like pretty sure they're, you're going to be like, okay, well, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, they're really good with like, you know, being that asshole, but then like just loving up on you, love, oh, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Making you feel the best. And, yeah. and as this little game, kind of happens and it becomes more, I would say more, um, reoccurring where, you know, this gaslighting, this, that side of that person comes out. Um, but at that point they've slowly chipped away at that empath's self-worth, mm -hmm. um, that empath, you know, thinking like, you know, gaslighting is crazy, right? Like you literally start to, uh, believe, 
yeah what they're saying and when yeah. you start to doubt yourself you know that's where it's just kind of like oh I must be be doing this and it's this like is the, like it's almost like they're in a fog or like there's no mm. clarity they can't see anything clearly no you can't you can't because it's so it's so done slowly and um methodically and it's just um and also like subconsciously like I I I honestly don't think a narcissist knows that oh like I'm a narcissist and I'm gonna like Mm -mm. strategically manipulate this person so they stay with me forever like I don't think that's what happens it's it's very subconscious and it's very vibrational and it's just scary it is scary and that part of it I that part of it fascinates me because in my head I'm like it's they truly do not see it mm-hmm. and they truly believe what they are saying yeah you know like um I'm thinking of like one narcissist that I've witnessed in in my life you know definitely very much like I can see the whole like I'm important um I want to have status um and and also like the like always wants to be relevant always wants to be like oh no way what like you know wants that wants that attention that admiration Mm. that attention all of the things will will say stories like it's just so apparent um and then when they don't get it or when that sense of self is threatened then it's just like gloves off you know um and and one of the things like I was watching this um this expert uh, uh, talking about it. And it was really like resonated with me. And one of the things is like when this narc, so narcissist doesn't necessarily always want the doormat type of partner Mm. because they enjoy the fight. Mm. They enjoy that battle. So if you have a door, you're not getting that. Yeah. That tension. Cling, cling, cling. (laughs) Um, And, and so they, like some narcissists thrive off of that battle off of that (laughs) back and forth. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, what this, this person said was the best count, like the best thing you could do when they are in that state, a combative state. Yep. Is to literally not engage. Yeah. Not engage. Yeah. And I was telling this person in my life about this and, and like, and they said, even in this interview, they, and they will go like, like they're, that's going to irritate the fuck out of them <laughs> that you are not picking up the bait and are So they'll go deeper and they'll go deeper. They'll cut deeper and they'll go deep. Yep. And they're just going to like, you know, try to get a rile out of you. And so I was telling this person in my life uh, about this and I said, you know, cause I know exactly the state that they're talking about. Cause this, you know, they have, their partner has done this with them. And, uh, and I said, you want to hold your power you know in that moment the mm-hmm. best way for you to hold that power is not to come back and be like excuse me mm-hmm. I'm like if you truly want to stand in your power in that moment and you're wanting that person to like because you know when you're coming back it, you are jabbing back to try to get them to feel a certain way or yeah yeah whatever. especially well, you want to make them deep. feel the way that they're making you making feel. you feel yeah so I was like you know, if you actually do want to like make them like, I'm like, literally do not engage. Did they try it? Um, I'm not sure. 
sure. I'm not sure. I think like part of the, you know, they mentioned to me that they're like, yeah, but you know, it can get like some of the stuff really triggers me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm like, yes, but if you are aware of it, if you're going into it, knowing that that's what's going to happen, that's what mm-hmm. they're searching for. And they're going to keep trying to trigger. I'm like, but if you can imagine that, if that's going to make it, um, in, if you talking back and you want that kind of reaction versus not saying anything, you're going to get it that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like instead of uh, ca- uh, combating back, countering back, mm-hmm. um, if you literally, like to me, I would be like, good. I'm glad I'm making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <Is that> working. <laughs> I'd be like, I would be standing in that like zip. Like the moment I found that out, that that's, that is what you could do. That is going to piss them off even more than even piss- more yeah. yeah, than countering. I'm like, that would be me a hundred percent. I'd be like, Mm-mm, and we're done. <laughs> and you can go sit in your fiery mood and just get all mad. And I'm like, because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you literally, you know, you get nowhere with that. No, when that, when no, that person's yeah. in that state mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I have witnessed that state that this person gets into. And I'm like, it doesn't even matter what you say not one thing is going to get them out of that state other yeah, than time. Yeah. Cause it's like, they're stuck in that vortex that keeps you sucked in. Yeah. And so what is the point of even engaging with it Absolutely. when nothing is going to stick or mm-hmm. anything? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and so you step into your power and say, when you have calmed down, I would love to talk about it until then we are not talking. I used to say that to my children. Yeah. I used to say that to my children. It's like when they needed to calm down. Yeah. When they were like having a temper temp, like when they were little. Right. So basically mm-hmm. you need to treat a narcissist like a toddler. So mm-hmm. when you're done, your little, your temper tantrum, let yeah. me know. And we can talk about it. Oh my God. And it is so true because <laughs> what I have witnessed is literally a tantrum. Yeah. And I'm like, you, you do have to go into that parenting style to be like, you're good. <laughs> okay. Let's talk. <laughs> you know how you always need to have snacks when you have a toddler? The snacks could be yeah. like little like compliments. Oh, you look so nice. Just to keep them appeased. Just keep them appeased. Oh God, <laughs> I cannot handle it. Oh my goodness. So, you know, um, yeah. So I'm like, so like, obviously there can be narcissistic relationships without the other partner being an empath, right? Like that's, it doesn't mean, it just means, you know, like talking about the empath, it's, it's just meaning like that is the most damaging type of relationship um and it's hard to especially an empath to get out from under that especially as we said earlier like at this age I would imagine it's even harder to get out of a like a narcissistic relationship and when you say that it's more damaging being in an empath being an empath with a narcissist what do you mean by that um because, so basically, like I, how I look at it is like you're taking a pure soul mm-hmm. and their purity, their natural state of giving, um, and it makes it even harder for that type of person to get out of it because their natural state is constantly uh, to give and feeling empathy for them. So let's just say um, the uh, so some narcissists um, will pull on like a traumatic childhood Mm -hmm. and that will be their identity. And, you know, I do this because of 
my trauma as a child. I do this because of this. I, I um, self-sabotage because of this. Like I do this. Uh, and you know what? You're the only one that loves me. And like, you're my savior. You're my, all these things. So that love bombing. And yeah. as, an, as an empath, that is like, oh my God, like I am their savior. Yeah. And you, you have so much empathy for that, that there's this sense of like, responsibility Mm -hmm. like I can't do that I can't be that person to do Mm -hmm. that to that person because there's so much empathy there and I would say it's most damaging because it's also the hardest to get out of because Mm -hmm. the just that state of an empath because they're so forgiving because they're this they have that savior like you know um the narcissist can easily manipulate that mm-hmm. um and manipulate that in the way that um that uh like hooks into that um empath right so you know for me for instance um i definitely have that sense of the empath where like saving somebody mm-hmm. um and i have noticed that trend within my relationships that not necessarily they're not narcissists but they are they are are people that have had trauma trauma um and i and i and it's like i take on this role to to carry them to help mm-hmm. them um and so i can really understand that sense of responsibility there um and that was really hard for me uh to to walk away from many relationships but you know my most recent one there was this sense of responsibility that i felt like what if like what if I was to go and they become an alcoholic? What if I was to go and they just kind of crumble away? Because I feel like I've been carrying them, I've been keeping them away from that. But if I, you know, and then you hold that weight of mm-hmm. responsibility. Um, and because you care so much and you're so empathetic, that really is a, a real mind fuck to to get around. So I could not imagine. If like in my situation, I didn't, my, that, that, that partner wasn't telling me mm-hmm. these things. The partner wasn't saying you saved me. You keep me from this. You're my hero. They weren't saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were, I don't know if I would have, if I like at this point right now, if I would have left because the power. Yeah. Because I already have had that within me. So if mm-hmm. I constantly had that, the whole relationship, being told from the other person Mm -hmm. holy shit so that's where I see the damaging part of it and you know snuffing out that that empath's light yeah so honestly kudos to anybody that's been able to leave a narcissistic Mm -hmm. relationship as an empath or Mm -hmm. as anybody but like Mm. especially as an empath because man like that's it's tough that's that's like, you're stuck. You're you, like you said, you have the, they have their, your hooks. And so it would take a lot of self work. I imagine on your own, not even like out loud. So it'd be like, you're yeah. in the closet self work kind of stuff in order yeah. for you to gain the confidence and your light back in, in your power in order to be able to take that step and leave. Um, mm-hmm. but also I would imagine even to stay gone. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you know, like once there's that that once you leave or if you left, then that person's going to come back tenfold. And then there's going to be even more manipulation. And a lot of narcissists will say stuff like, if you don't come back, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Oh, right? absolutely. That would devastate me. That would oh, devastate like, me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you can't even, you know, 
function. And, you know, another thing like I, I heard um, was like the idea of giving up on somebody like is hard, but for an empath, it goes against what they believe. Yeah, well, it goes against their whole soul, their whole DNA, being. and their blue, oh, their blueprint, their their soul mm-hmm. blueprint. Absolutely, so you're literally going against mm-hmm. what you believe, and um, and in and the fact that you at one, if somebody's making you feel like their hero, or at any point, um, and and then like the fact that it's within their DNA, within their being. Um, and like, and that's, what's the crazy thing is like, cause when you start to add all of it together, when you add in, so you, as a, this person, you, you believe in these people, you believe that they can be saved. Um, you know, this, you know, everybody del- deserves another chance, all of these things packed on top of that, you know, this responsibility, like I can, I can, I can hold space for you. I'm strong enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need this. So like these, uh, an empath can definitely, um, put their own needs for sure aside, like even their, their, their physical and, um, health needs aside for this other person. So it's like to a detriment to themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it's just like, I could just, yeah. Like for me, it just like breaks my heart to see, um, that, you know, um, to see people moving through that. And so like, you know, whether you are in a narcissistic relationship or you're witnessing one mm. of somebody you love, um, you know, there's, it's hard, it's hard to kind of see that, but the spiritual aspect of that is what I have found has helped me with all of that is being able to um, take the higher perspective, to be able to step back and be like, okay, I'm going to step back and realize these are soul contracts. These are soul lessons. So even though it's hard, I know that this is what they're meant to play out. I can be here to support when they need me, um, but I'm not going to allow myself to like exist within that energy and be pulled into it because like, there's my empath. I want to save you. You want to save save you. I want to save you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, you know, that's the learning the boundaries to realize um, that, you know, this is part of their soul contract and it is up to them Mm -hmm. to pull themselves out. Nobody else can do it. Yeah. So when we talk about the soul contract, you know, as you know, um, before we come into this incarnation, we plan everything out. And so the soul of the empath and the narcissist would have met in the spirit world and planned this yeah. whole relationship out beforehand so that it could play out in, you know, in this play of life that we're doing. And the mm-hmm. purpose, there's going to be many multiple purposes yeah. for this contract to play out, but most likely it is because it's a teacher student relationship in a sense, one of them is teaching, one of them is learning. Most likely the narcissist is teaching the empath a difficult lesson. Um, and the, and the lesson that this empath needs to, um, in order to, to get it, like we said, they need to, you know, do the work to be able to leave or to, to move through that relationship in a different way or, or not be affected so much by the the narcissist taking their light and taking their power away however they choose to do that so you know a lot of times it'll take lifetimes for us to 
learn lessons. And maybe if you're somebody who's left a narcissist and had that power to be able to do that, beautiful. But oh. it's it's also most likely um, a lifetime that you, you've already done a few lifetimes with this narcissist or with this yeah. soul as the narcissist or a soul as a narcissist. And, you know, in this lifetime was the one where you were finally able to break that cycle um, mm -hmm. and move through it and move past it. Um, but there's all these mini lessons that go along with being in that relationship as well. So it's like this karmic cycle, like this karmic lesson, but also these little soul evolution um lessons that you're learning within that relationship too and at some point mm. um you know hopefully people at some point can take what they've learned and heal and move forward from that but again i don't want anybody to feel bad if they're in a narcissistic relationship and they're choosing to stay in that relationship for whatever reason maybe they have children maybe it's a financial thing maybe it's a a family thing or a, you know maybe they're stuck in like or you know a different country or something like that or they love them or they love them because you know there is that good side and that bad side so don't mm -hmm. feel don't feel bad if you are in a narcissistic relationship and we don't want you to feel shame for being in that relationship because you know you have to honor where you're at and be in respect where you're at and as long as you can see things from that you know that bigger perspective I think this was the point of our podcast episode today was so that you know just to be able to be at peace with it if that's what you choose to do and to see it from that higher perspective and maybe maybe that'll shift how you move through or how you exist within that relationship yeah and I think even even sometimes like it being like bringing awareness to it mm -hmm. you know there may be some people that are like oh wait a minute that sounds like my partner <laughs> um because we can be blinded to that yeah and sometimes when we hear it and all of a sudden it's like you it, sometimes we just need that one click to be like oh my gosh mm -hmm. you know like that where like whether that's a person that identifies with their trauma and they use their trauma against the the the, the empath to be like no this is because of my trauma like every bad behavior is because of my trauma you know so have sympathy for me because well, I can't help myself because of this trauma and I think there's like an uh an awareness there that as much as trauma is awful and i and i can't even imagine the amount of work it takes to remove yourself from it i also truly believe we all have the power to be able to work through it and not identify or uh take your power back so mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. this isn't ruling you and there is a sense of responsibility to yourself and to others to do that yeah um and you know, in that part, there may be, you know, people out there that are like, oh my God, like maybe it isn't the trauma. Maybe they're a narcissist and holy mm -hmm. crap, they've just put a wool over my, my head and now I'm seeing it or yeah. whatever it is. Um, taking the know, blinders off. You're taking the blinders off, pulling back your power, you know, and, and pulling back your power takes time because, mm -hmm. you know, that there's a lot of baggage and the layers to unravel if you've been in a narcissistic relationship for a long time. Oh yeah. You know, that's your norm. That There's is your norm. Be, we suggest therapy and energy healings. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and also like, even in that sense too, like, um, 
even like that inner, like inner child's work and stuff, because there also is, doesn't mean just because you're an empath, you don't have your own baggage. Mm-hmm. There, there's also stuff within you that, you know, th- that, you know, the fact that your self-worth is getting affected. Um, you know, there could be things within childhood that you're kind of like, oh, so it's like taking that lens and putting it on yourself and mm-hmm. kind of like, it's like rebuilding yourself from within to be like, wait a minute. No, I do deserve that mm-hmm. you know I think like I know somebody in my it, that they definitely are the empath and and they try to justify being the giving 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 because mm-hmm. that's just their state I just like to do that so like there's nothing wrong with that I like to do that absolutely there's nothing wrong with that that is so beautiful mm-hmm. but there is something wrong when all you do is give 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 and it's not reciprocated and it doesn't mean because like I can hear people saying yeah but I I you know I don't give so that it, I can get back a hundred percent right like you're giving just so you can get back you know or expecting to get back is that really giving um but but you know there is a very fine line of like give and being taken advantage of well when you're talking about that it's almost like you give 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 but it's also like how is that person receiving it so are they receiving that and giving you back like in in a sense it's not like what I'm giving you something what are you giving me it's more Mm -hmm. of like how are you receiving what I'm giving you Mm -hmm. right if I'm giving you all of this love and all of this attention or all of the things that I'm doing within the household or or whatever however it is that you're showing or, or you're giving like how is that being received by the person that you're giving it to? Are they receiving it with, um, you know, with love? Are they sharing with you their appreciation? Are they happy with it? Or are they, is it never enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah. Is, or is it, is it met with um, grumpiness or with like, it should have been that way. Like I remember a friend and she was like a, a stay at home mom taking care of the kids and her husband worked and stuff. And she was very busy. Like she was always doing stuff around the house and all these things. She was, she was, you know, I admired for her for all the things she got done. Yeah. And I remember her telling me her husband came home one day and he said, you know, you stay at home all day. These appliances should be spotless. Like it was like, it was like, he saw a fingerprint on the stainless steel, like uh fridge. And he was like pissed about it. And oh, she goes, my God. And she was heartbroken, you know, that hurt her feelings because he didn't see the clean sink and the meal that she just prepared for the whole family. You know what I mean? Like he was pointing out the, so how was it received is what I want to share. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I also wonder, do you think a narcissist can heal themselves? Because, you know, perhaps there's somebody listening to this podcast episode and they're like, oh, dang, like maybe I'm the fucking narcissist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and this person, if you, if that's you and you're like, maybe, maybe I'm the narcissist, I I gaslight my partner or I don't, you know what I mean? Like that's, I think if you're listening to this podcast, probably you're going through some sort of spiritual awakening or you're starting Mm -hmm. to question those things about yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a narcissist can heal themselves and can definitely start to do the work to understand their trauma and where it's rooted so that maybe they don't react in that way. But I don't think a narcissist is, um, you know, unworthy of love or unhealable in any way at all. No, you know, me too. Um, I do think though, I think it's harder because if you can't recognize, and that's very, a big characteristic of a narcissist, they don't recognize any of this. And even if you were to say you're a narcissist, there's no, there's no comprehend, like, no, I'm not. 
mm-hmm. because they don't have they don't have that ability to even see that or allow that. Um, and this is where I find it very cu- I'm very curious about this because you, you know I definitely am somebody that can self reflect a lot, and so I will you know if something somebody was to get mad or something, you know I'm I'm very good at sitting back and looking at my part in that, and so. I, that's where I kind of find this fascinating that how can somebody not see that mm-hmm. they're doing this, but if they have this overinflated idealism of themselves, they can never do wrong. So do I think that a narcissist can heal? Uh, yes. Do I think that's a rarity? I do. I think mm-hmm. that is a rarity. Um, I think there would have to be some big thing uh, to shake their core. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think because there's different levels of narcissism, um, depending on what kind of narcissist that person is, um, can they heal it now in the sense of somebody with a narcissist, this is one thing that I've heard over and over and over from the different doctors that I've watched the inter- interviews, you, you cannot save them. You Mm -hmm. absolutely cannot. Mm -hmm. So this is not something that you can take on because an empath will Mm -hmm. think you can take this on. I like this was a big aha for me when I realized, you know, I can never save somebody. They have to save themselves. And, you know, being able to recognize that um, is huge. And so I would never want an empath to think, um, well, I can just help them and I can save them and I can and do all of these things. That has just been the biggest message across the board from multiple experts in this field is like, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. So what would you they say have to be on their own to do it? You know, what would you say if you're, so if we have a couple of empaths listening to this episode and they're like, dang, I'm in a narcissistic relationship. I, how do I get out of this? what would you suggest they do for me? I think the first thing where I would start, or if I had somebody come to me and be like, I don't even know where to start. I think it would be therapy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, going to therapy, um, be self-reflecting, like mm-hmm. what part of you is, you know, especially if this was a, a reoccurring thing, mm-hmm. what, uh, what wound within you is drawing this type of energy in, Um, but like going to therapy, being able to, to talk this out a lot of self-reflection, um, because with self-reflection, it's not just finding the wounds in yourself that are needing to be, um, addressed. It's also, you know, finding where your power has been given away and being able to start to call that back. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, talking it out with a therapist, especially one that is, um, uh, maybe specializes with narcissism mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it is a very unique yeah. um, uh, person to deal with because they they're very charming. They're tricky. They're tricky. Really tr- tricky energy. Very charming. Very good with their words. Very good with their words. Yeah. Like they're very good at getting out of situations, convincing other people, convincing you that you're crazy. All like that's where it's the trickiest thing mm-hmm. because there's it's so good. Like yeah, I, I've sat back and gone wow good job like wow that was like that's crazy um so you know I couldn't imagine being in that vortex with them and them being so good Mm -hmm. at playing the strings Mm -hmm. and again not even realizing it which baffles my mind where I'm like oh my god they don't even know they're doing it (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like, how are they so good at something? They have no idea that they're doing Right? Like if you could get paid for being so good at being a narcissist, oh, you'd be a millionaire. God, yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, there's times that I'm like, you're that is brilliant, not in a good way, but brilliant. <laughs> and I'm like, and the moment they start to catch on that you're catching, catching on, on, yeah. It's like, it's like all all stops are pulled out. Yeah. All yeah. stops. So they know that's the thing. They, they a narcissist will know your cracks. A narcissist will know your uh, weak points. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when they'll like pour on it. So if the weak point is, Oh, I have trauma. I'm like, I had a really hard, you know, blah, blah. You're my savior, blah, blah. That will amplify 10 times. If your weak point is you, your self-worth, they all of a sudden saw that crack. Ooh, there's some self-confidence issues here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, then they're going to go straight for that guttural mm, punch mm-hmm. and they will amp it up big time. So I think like, you know, it's those parts of like, also, I think um, researching it. Mm-hmm. That oh yeah power. Do that first yeah Do like first I've sent the people in my life um videos not in the sense like you know not in the sense to be like look at this because you need to go and like but it's like awareness is key of anything mm-hmm. and when you can actually be like oh my god I did not know that this this was happening or this this is actually happening this is a thing that awareness is gives you strength yeah. And um, so I think like researching it, all of the things, understanding the narcissist, um, mm-hmm. that that gives you power, gives mm-hmm. you power. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I hope that was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we speak directly to the empaths because we are we are empaths. And a lot of us who are listening to this podcast are empaths. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of us will or have fallen into the trap of going into um a narcissistic relationship mm-hmm. and uh so hopefully this has given you a little bit of uh power or a sense uh to get to give you back some of your power so you can either avoid or you know leave or shift mm-hmm. things in some way or another yeah or help or help somebody or hold space for somebody that you love that is in a relationship like this yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and you know i i do think that there can be a power dynamic switch within a narcissistic relationship um will they you will you be able to cure them i don't know i don't believe you will but I do believe you can start to pull back some of your power within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, you can decide if that's what you're willing to tolerate or not. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for a great combo. I love it. I love talking to you. <laughs> I miss being in person that we we're just talking about this. We do. Yeah. Cause we are doing zoom so we can put on YouTube, but I don't even know if it's worth it. Maybe we should just be in person again. Yeah. Tell us guys, what do you think? I'm yeah. like, it would be, would be curious. Like is, is when we're in person or they're more dynamic. I don't know. I'm like, but I do miss the in-person. So. All right. Um, okay. I'll smell you later. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. We have no announcements. <laughs> oh my God. But follow us on Instagram at Soulstar Energy Collective. Um, come join us in our free community on Mighty Networks. Um, Soulstar Lightworkers. You know, it's all people who love this stuff and, you know, talk, chat, all the things. So yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're interested at all in ever developing your own intuition or strengthening that, we offer courses. Did you know that? 
Mm-hmm. And we offer, we do readings. So if you're like, I'm, I'm really lost. Um, and healings. And, and healings. healings. You do all of it. You can even do a reading and a healing little package, packy do. Um, and uh, yeah, we love it. So there you go. Okay. That's, a, that's my plug. See you next, See you next time. Bye. <laughs>